Welcome to Persevere, the podcast that sheds light on the grit and passion of creatives on their journeys. Award-winning destination photographer Ian Ivey is host to these incredible stories to encourage you to pursue your passion. Hello, hello, creatives, and welcome back to Persevere. Today, I'm speaking with the creative director and founder of Meteor Street Studio based in Nashville, Tennessee. The studio provides bespoke branding and website design and templates for conscious female founders. They've been featured in the Brilliant Brand Designers 2021 edit, LA Design Festival, and Nashville Voyeur Magazine. I'd love to introduce today's guest, Hannah Van Wert. Hannah, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it is such a pleasure. I have perused your work. I love it. I love the vibes. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) For our audience who may not know you and your business yet, please tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background. Yeah. So I started this business specifically a couple years ago before I was working in big tech for about six years. I've been in the industry in total for about 10 years, but I just had a big, long journey in big tech and reached a point where I was ready to go out on my own and do my own thing and really pursue my passion. So now I'm, I did my own business and I am helping other amazing women with build up their own dreams and their businesses. Um, What an amazing job. (laughs) (laughs) It really is so fulfilling. And I get to meet the coolest people. Yeah, totally. And so you've mentioned to me that you have a background and it's physiology studies and commercial design. And can you tell us a little bit more about that and how that is incorporated in your work? Yeah, so I got my major in visual communication design in college. Um, So I've always been in the design world and I study color psychology. So that has been putting those two things together has been huge for my approach in design. And with my commercial background being in like the big corporate space, I've learned so much about business, what works, what doesn't work. So I think my unique take on things is really taking that color psychology and like archetypal psychology background and mixing it with the commercial mindset of like what works in business and really getting into the minds of the customer journey to create not only like visuals and logos and colors that look beautiful, but like actually do something and work in your business. Yeah, no, that's, that's 100% true. Because I think when as business owners, when we start to think about branding, and you know, what is really representing us on a visual level, there's so much that goes into that, like color and design and font and all of those things. (laughs) Yeah, there is a reason for everything. So I'm curious now when an entrepreneur approaches you, and they are trying to build, you know, their brand with website design, or they're looking for a template, what are things that they should be paying attention to to really get those things in order? Do they already need to have kind of something in mind? Like what's the best way to go about it? They definitely don't need to have any sort of design preferences in mind. In fact, I would say it's kind of good 
to have an open mind and go into that with a blank slate when starting business because design can be very subjective. And the, the difficult thing about branding is that a lot of entrepreneurs who are just getting started have a lot of personal preference, but that might not be exactly what is best for your business. And so I would say getting always, always, always start out with clarity about your business first. Because I've had a handful of clients who, when we were going through that initial like brand strategy process, it turns out they weren't super clear on what they wanted their business to be. And when you're kind of murky about that, then the branding process can get really muddy as well. Because the psychology of what you're creating for your brand really is there to communicate what your business is all about, what your mission, your values, your vision are, like what is your actual purpose? That's mm-hmm. what we're communicating. And so number one is getting clear on that. Yeah, 100%. Knowing what you're working towards, who you're serving, and what is like your guiding values of, exactly. um, you know, of, <laughs> of <laughs> building this business. And um, for you personally, like, can you give us an example of like a good like purpose or, or your business purpose? Yeah, so... My personal business purpose is to help boost the brands and the the dreams of other female entrepreneurs. Like that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be that support system, that person who helps you guide you to gain the visibility and create a business that communicates like the amount of hard work and passion that you've put into it to help other people see that too. So that's what my <laughs> my <laughs> guiding light is in my own business. Yeah, no, that sounds great. And I think especially, um, I love that like you work with women because I feel like, so, <laughs> I think just in general, I feel like women make a lot of decisions about <laughs> a lot of things in life. So having someone to help be supportive in finding that clear direction of design, I think is so helpful. Yeah. Um, so, um, you had mentioned that you worked in big tech, such as myself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you are now full time with your own design studio. Mm -hmm. That's it. And I would love to know, can you tell us a little bit more about that transition or when you came to that decision to just go full in? Yeah. I think it was a little bit of a long process. Um, For my journey, I probably stayed in the big tech environment for longer than I should have. But, you know, live and learn. (laughs) So when in around 2019, I had reached a point of clinical burnout, my anxiety levels were through the roof. I was also living in a foreign country. I was living in London at the time. And I was just really starting to hate my career. And I wasn't sure why. And one day it just like built up so much. I was like, oh, maybe I'm just not meant to be a designer. Like, why am I so unhappy? Why am I so stressed out? And one day I actually fainted. I was like walking on my lunch break on a sidewalk in London and just had a panic attack that I did not want to go back for my lunch break and just fainted. (laughs) So that was uh, very embarrassing. And also just kind of a breaking point of like, wow, you know, this is my body telling me that something needs to to change and something's obviously not right. So I started seeing a therapist and I started seeing a life coach. And from the support of these two just phenomenal women I was seeing, I realized that I had the power to turn things around and start prioritizing my shifting needs. My needs weren't where they were before when I was in this 
career and this particular environment and I wasn't growing anymore. And that's why I felt so much anxiety and so stuck. What were the ways that would help me grow more? What what do I really want to do? And so I did some digging and what I really wanted to do was work for myself. <laughs> I just <laughs> wasn't in a point anymore that working for other people and always kind of being told what to do to a certain extent wasn't helping me grow in my creativity. And so I started to prioritize my personal creative freedom and decided to full on pursue opening my own design studio instead of taking it for like, oh yeah, one day that would be nice. I was like, no, this needs to happen now. So then from kind of deciding that point, it took about nine months for me to really sort things out and kind of figure out, okay, what what's this going to look like starting my own business? I'm living abroad. Like, what do I do about that? Because my, <laughs> my uh, employer was my sponsor. So I knew that if I wanted to work for myself, I had to move back to the United States. And so that was a whole thing. <laughs> but it was, even though I absolutely loved living abroad, I, I knew this was the right thing to do. Yeah. It, it's funny because I honestly feel like we've lived somewhat parallel lives because I lived in uh, Manchester for a year. Oh, well. amazing. I never <laughs> so, got up to Manchester and I oh, regret that. <laughs> it's great. It's a great city. Uh, love it. And um, I definitely, like when I first moved, felt some type of way, especially, you know, not knowing really anybody and just yeah. kind of starting over. It's it's definitely a little bit like lonely and, you definitely. know, ha- trying to find your people at the same time. It's hard. There's like moving abroad, there's a sense of thrill to mm-hmm. it that kind of distracts you a little bit from the, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> what have I done? Like, what is this like brand new environment? The cultural differences, even though they speak the same language, it's just, it's a totally different culture and setting up a life there. But it was it was such an adventure that like, I would recommend that to anyone. If anyone gets an opportunity to live abroad, like a hundred percent go for it. Yeah, it was definitely one of, I feel like it was one of the best decisions I've made in life to, to live abroad. I, I studied abroad and just made very worthwhile and, you know, lifelong friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I, I feel like, uh, my perspective on life changed a little bit. And especially as a visual artist, I went from sunny California to <laughs> rainy Manchester. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I had to see things a whole different way. And how am I going to capture things? And, you know, there's so many things that I had to learn about and communicating with a different culture. So yeah, it's definitely recommended, but also like you got to have a little bit of thick skin when you do yeah. when you do it. And an um, open mind. <laughs> and an open mind, 100%. So I kind of wanted to touch again on, you had mentioned the clinical burnout. And yeah. I know this is a super tough subject. I know that especially these past few years, a lot of people have been feeling burnout, um, you know? And so um, I just wanted to know, like, did you see signs along the way that that's where you were headed or did it just kind of, you know, slowly become this ball that just one day rolled over? I definitely saw signs. (laughs) (laughs) I was probably feeling unhappy for two years. 
I would say. I kept kind of changing up things, which would it would come up, the anxiety and the stress um, mm-hmm. would come in waves. And then, but slowly over time, because I wasn't fully addressing the issues, it just would build and build and build. And be like, sometimes I'd be okay. And then sometimes it'd get worse. And then I think that just that slow build of not taking care of myself and my like mental needs really just took over. And a lot of it was just me not setting boundaries for myself. And every time there was an ask, uh, late nights, like all of that, I would just always say yes, because I was trying to prove something. And I was like, this is how you excel at your career. This is how you be successful. And that's not true. I think that's a very toxic way of thinking of that, like working 150% <laughs> all the time is is not what makes you a successful person. You know, some sometimes that works for other people, but it wasn't right for me. Yeah. No, it's that's so true is that I think a lot of people feel like they need to be constantly working to get ahead. And honestly, I personally know people who are making a lot of money, especially in the Bay Area, and they don't work that hard. Like they really don't. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry, like not everyone, you know, works really hard for the amount of money that they're making. And um, yeah, you don't have to kill yourself. (laughs) You don't. You You really don't. don't. There are other ways. Other ways. Other ways. Diversify that income. (laughs) Complete. Yes, that's a big one. Like, and just like pursuing when you find the space, the headspace to free yourself from that anxiety and that burden, and you find stuff that you actually love to do. Like, I'm sure that I sometimes work at nights too, doing my own business, but it doesn't really feel like I'm working. And I'm my life is so flexible now with owning my own business that I have so much more creative ideas in order to like diversify my income and pursue other things in my business that really support that success. So with more headspace comes more creativity and more success that way, I feel. Yeah, 100%. It's it's one of these themes that I am seeing as I do more of these interviews with different creatives is that <laughs> the mind and the body are completely connected. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> if you're you're not feeling good in your mindset or, you know, in your mo- emotional state, that's going to reflect on your physical body. And, Definitely. You know, and, and so it's so important. I'm glad to see that people who are working in traditional jobs are, um, there's some companies that are starting these wellness days or mental health days. And oh, I think awesome. that's so important because a lot of the work we do nowadays isn't the physical kind, it's the mental kind. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, those breaks are so necessary to have, you know, help us not get that burnout. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious now, what advice would you have for someone that maybe is a little tender in their journey? What would you say is a good method of self care or to keep persevering in like just on those not so bright days? I think finding a good support system is so crucial. Like for me, finding that life coach and finding a therapist, oh my gosh, just changed my world because I had someone to talk to. Even on the days that I was feeling so good, it's just nice to have someone to talk to. Like you don't have to be in crisis mode to go to a therapist, number one, (laughs) Um, nor do you need that to see a life coach. But I think that whether it's like a really great friend or partner or family member or a professional, like making sure you have those points of contact so you're not alone is 
is the most important thing you can give to yourself as a form of self-care. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I think kind of piggybacking off of that, what has starting your own business gifted you in your life now? Oh my gosh, so much more creative freedom for one. I feel like I'm actually pursuing designs that inspire me as well as help other people in their business. Um, Mm -hmm. Something that's my more in tune with my style. It's given me back time. I also had a baby during the pandemic. I have a one-year-old now. So (laughs) yeah, it's been like being able to have flexible hours and work when I feel most productive Mm. um, gives me time to spend time with my child and watch him grow. And that like has just been such a big gift to me. And so those two things are just are probably at the top of my list of like why I love <laughs> owning my own business. Yeah. And I think that more and more, I feel like the scales are shifting where when you're balancing out time and money, time is is actually weighing a lot more heavily because it's such a precious asset. Oh, yeah. Completely. And so kind of just going a different direction and it kind of, kind kind of lends itself to this, but, um, how has like your business, you are pretty much service-based, but you also have your templates, um, Mm -hmm. which are a digital asset. And I feel like digital assets are like coming in hot right now. Like everyone (laughs) is making their digital assets. There's templates for everything, but I'm, I I have a lot of questions. I'm just, I really want to know how has offering digital assets alongside your service-based business worked for you? Like, are you seeing that as just being a really big positive on your business? Because I know a lot of people, when when they have the service-based business, they can be like, oh, I'm feeling burnt out. I have all these gigs. Mm-hmm. I don't have the time. And I feel like once you have those digital assets, like sometimes that can lend itself to being a little bit of a passive income structure. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to know your thoughts on it. Yeah. So I feel like digital assets are a great way to create balance in a mm-hmm. service-based business and balance being one of my core values that I'm trying to implement in my own, how I do my own business. I don't, I love doing one-on-one quiet work. Uh, we could really get down and deep and into the nitty gritty about almost like, sometimes I refer to myself as like a brand therapist, <laughs> but um, we can really get down into the story and the purpose of what people are trying to do and create something unique and beautiful. And that's great, but I can only take on so many clients a year. And also I don't want to live in that cycle of I'm trying to always be booked out, chasing down clients on social media or always doing the the hustle, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, So implementing some sort of passive income stream, such as templates is a great way to create that balance. So there is still income coming in and you don't always have to rely on, on that next client always being booked out, like giving, giving myself some space. The other great way that digital products in my business work is that I get to serve with a whole section of my audience that otherwise wouldn't be able to work with me. Like there's a handful of people on my email community and follow me on Instagram who just aren't in the place to be able to afford custom design. And that's mm-hmm. that's normal and that's fine. There's a lot of people who are just trying to start their businesses or aren't very profitable yet, or maybe it's their side hustle that they're trying to pursue. So my website templates are a great way for them to still get that kind of Meteor Street Studio experience, but at a lower investment rate. Yeah. 
No, that's, so that way I get to, yeah, I get to serve a lot more people and that makes me happy. That's so great. I love that. I love that you can serve more. You're giving yourself space and it just seems like a win-win. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> I've got a good, good response from the, the templates so far. So I'm excited to continue to make more. That's something I, I got really, really passionate about last fall. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to just explore those more and, and build out that, that shop. Well, Hannah, it has been so insightful getting to know more about you and your business. I'd love to know what upcoming projects that you have. Yeah, so I'm working on a really great rebrand of a super, super cool sustainability reusables company. That's kind of my my big new client project I've got going on right now. But I'm also working on the next template for the template shop, and that is for the creator archetype. Um, my website templates are very psychology-based, and that's kind of what you want find anywhere else is templates based on the 12 classic brand archetypes. I've already launched the caregiver and due to popular demand, I'm doing the creator (laughs) next. And I'm hoping to get the first six out by the end of the year. So definitely stay tuned on that. But a lot of people are interested in the, the creator. So that will be fun to see how that gets customized by other people. Yeah, that's super interesting. Could you briefly like run us through the brand archetypes? Because I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah. So if you're familiar with Carl Yoon, a psychologist, he created these series of archetypes that are kind of the classic of different personalities, and they've been applied to brands. And there are 12 brand archetype families. If you do a lot more in-depth research, they can like there are five different types in each family. But, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so that can be a little complicated, but the 12 families are, are very distinct. We've got the caregiver. Those are like service brands that altruism at their core. We have the ruler, which is all about kind of structure and luxury. Often rulers are like Louis Vuitton. (laughs) Um, We got the creator, which is all about innovation and expression. A lot of times those can be photographers or other designers, um, creatives, obviously. (laughs) We've got the innocent, which is all about optimism and safety and pure. Sometimes like sustainable brands can fall into that. We've got the sage, which is all about understanding and knowledge. Lots of bloggers could be a sage. And explore, which is about freedom and getting out there and potentially getting outdoors. I would say the North Face is a great explorer brand. Mm-hmm. And we got the Rebel, which is all about liberation and doing things differently. The Magician, which is all about transformation. I would say that one of my big archetypes is the Magician, turning one thing into another. Then we have the Hero, which can be all about mastery or motivation. I think a great example of a Hero would be like the Arby is very classic. <laughs> hero <laughs> archetype or firefighters and stuff like that. Mm. Then we got the lover, which is all about intimacy and connection. The jester is all about enjoyment. So I would say a good jester would just be like entertainers and comedians and people who are just kind of not taking life so seriously. There's a lot of brands to do that. I know that Old Spice, if you want, <laughs> they're, they're a classic jester brand. <laughs> and then finally, you have the every girl, which is all about belonging. Sometimes this is also referred to as the citizen and just like a brand who is your peer or your friend. Wow. 
Yeah. I, I love learning about that. And it's funny because as you were going through the list, like different Instagram profiles were popping into <laughs> my <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, well, that's really cool. I love that you have like these different templates that are based beyond the surface level. There's a lot more deeper meaning to them and to, you know, really showcasing who you are as a brand. Yeah, I think it it really helps you communicate better with your ideal audience that way. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs when they're starting out are trying really hard to figure out like, who is my audience? And how do I reach my audience? And finding the right branding, I think is definitely super helpful. It helps so much. It really can transform your whole business. (laughs) Well, I'm, you know, for the last question that I have for you, I would love to know what advice you would give to creative entrepreneur? I know you work with a lot of um, women-led businesses, but mm-hmm. kind of, you know, where should they start when they are going on this brand journey and figuring out their visual identity? So I, what I suggest to everyone is there is an amazing creative director who's based in England. Her name is Fiona Humberstone. She was my personal mentor when I was living abroad and one of the like awesome, awesome women who helped me on my own business journey. But she is a best-selling author and she has two books that every entrepreneur should read. And it's all about branding and kind of getting familiar with what is a brand. One is how to style your brand and the other one is brand brilliance. So if you're just getting started into this process, or you already have a brand, you're like, maybe I need to rethink things. This is a great place to start. And then from there, you can get that clarity and then start working with a brand strategist or a designer. Yeah, that sounds great. And it's definitely, it, it sounds like such a good foundation to do a little bit of research, write down your purpose, how you yourself think about it and your values, and then reaching out to the experts to translate that. Yeah, it, it really helps both parties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you're working off of something. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Hannah, for joining us today. I know that you have a special offer you'd like to share with our audience. So where can our listeners find you and follow for more information? Yeah, so if you want to check me out on Instagram is at Meteor Street Studio. And I post a lot about branding tips and upcoming templates there. Just a little bit about my life as well to get to know me more, but also meteorstreetstudio.com is where you can find out more about my services, read about branding on the blog or look at the templates. And if you do decide to work with me, I'm offering you 10% off um, using the code IGNITE. Ooh, I like that word, (laughs) IGNITE. Perfect. Well, I am sure people will be ignited with their passions (laughs) and creativity after listening to this episode. Oh, I hope hope so. Yeah. Well, it has truly been a pleasure speaking with you today, Hannah. Thank you so much. I've loved our conversation. (laughs) Well, uh, thank you listeners for tuning in today. And we hope that you found this episode inspiring for your own creative journey and branding journey. Uh, We invite you to subscribe and download on your favorite directory, as well as give us a follow on Instagram at Persevere Podcast. As always, we are sending good vibes to thrive and hope you are one step closer to pursuing your passions. We'll see you next time.